Hi, I'm Tim Smith, and I'm an ordained minister for Jesus Christ CEOs, where we reconcile businesses to Jesus Christ. I'm also the president of Eagle Print Dynamics. I'm here to talk to you today about facing giants. I love telling stories, and I love reading stories, especially when we're talking about authentic disciples. Lee Ray Heine, in his book, Restoring the Preeminence of Jesus Christ in Business, describes an authentic disciple as a person who habitually lives a self-sacrificial life, abiding in a living person of Jesus Christ, baptized with power. A disciple lives an exceptional lifestyle in communion with the Holy Spirit, manifesting mighty acts of love, faith, gifts, and signs confirming their discipleship. What I want you to do now as I tell the story is sit back, grab some popcorn, relax, and put yourself 3,000 years ago as I talk about the familiar story of David and Goliath. This comes from the Bible. It comes from 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to start with the second verse. Saul and the men of Israel gathered and camped in the valley of Elah. Then they lined up in battle formation to face the Philippines. What I want to do is tell you how this is really a story about business. You may not think of it, but think what they're doing. Here you've got soldiers on one side and soldiers on the other side, and they're getting in battle formation. It's just another day at the office, right? That's their career. That's what they're doing. They both have their competitive team. Let's go on to verse 3. The Philippines were standing on one hill, and the Israelites were standing on another hill with a ravine between them. Then a champion named Goliath from Gath came out from the Philistine camp. He was nine feet, nine inches tall and wore a bronze helmet and bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. There was bronze armor on his shins and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. His spear shaft was like a weaver's beam, and the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. In addition, a shield-bearer was walking in front of him. He stood and shouted to the Israelite battle formations. Why do you come out to line up in battle formation? He asked them. Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, we will be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be servants of us. Then the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Send me a man so we can fight each other. When Saul and Israel heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and they were terrified. So let's, what's happening now? How does this compare with business? Think about what he's doing. Goliath is coming out and he's setting the standard. He's saying, I want you to take a man and have him stand up against me, a giant, and we're going to go to war. And what does this do? This terrifies the Israelites. So he's, he's setting the standard so that he has no chance of losing. What man can stand up against this giant in a one-on-one -on -one battle and win? So another thing happens. David, 
who's a, or David's father, Jesse, sends him to check on his brothers. My guess is probably God inspired Jesse to tell David at this time to go check on your brothers. So David does what he's told. So let's get to uh, verse 20. So David got up early in the morning, left the flock with someone to keep it, loaded up and set out as Jesse had charged him. So why is David going to the battle? He's just following the orders that his dad gave him, which I think came from God. So he did not plan to, to do any of these things on his own. He just did what he was told. So he arrived at the perimeter of the camp as the army was marching out to battle formation, shouting their battle cry. Israel and the Philistines light up in battle formation facing each other. David left his supplies in the care of the quartermaster and ran to the battle line. When he arrived, he asked his brothers how they were. While he was speaking with them, suddenly the champion Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, came forward from the Philistine battle line and shouted his usual words, which David heard. When all the Israelite men saw Goliath, they retreated and were terrified. So let's talk about why the Israelites are afraid of Goliath. Well, obviously, he's a giant, and he set the standard for, for the battle. Maybe in a group they could have taken, uh, taken him down, but they can't by one man if it's man against giant. So they're simply thinking in their own natural strength, which I think is a very important thing. Phase one in the JCCEO blueprint in Lee Ray's book is to be an authentic disciple. An authentic disciple understands that they are not living by man's strength, but by God's. So let's go on. We're in verse 25. Previously, an Israel, Israelite man had declared, do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter. The king will also make the family of that man's father exempt from paying, paying taxes in Israel. Wouldn't we all love that today in the world we live in? David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills a Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The troops told him about the offer, concluding, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. So think about it in business terms again. What is Saul doing? Well, he's setting up an incentive bonus. He's saying, if you take this guy out, I'm going to pay you all this stuff. Well, is that a good bonus? Well, in business, we have to think about whether these bonuses we're giving are good. If the man's going to get killed, the bonus isn't going to do him a whole lot of good. So we have to be careful of the bonuses we set up. So we get to verse 31. So what, is, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. So he, he had David brought to him. David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go fight this Philistine. So how important is confidence in your business? Where did David get his confidence? Well, the first principle in phase one of the blueprint is seeking, renewing, practice communion with the Holy Spirit that reveals wisdom. David, David's confidence came from the fact that he was, he was going up against, he was not going up against Goliath alone. 
and he had practiced walking with the Holy Spirit. We will see this as we go on. But Saul replied to him, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since he was young. David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul, Saul said to David, go, and may the Lord be with you. Now, the second principle in phase one in the blueprint is wisdom, exercise in communion with the Holy Spirit, manifests faith. David had experience with deep, a deep reliance on the Holy Spirit in his victories. He trusted God in everything he did. He knew that God gave him the victories against the bear and against the lion, and he knew that God was going to give him victory today. So then Saul had his own army clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armor. David strapped his sword on over military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. He can't walk in these. He said, I can't walk in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the wadi, and put them in his pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So what we do when we go on a job is we have to make sure we have the right tools. If these men took on Goliath in their natural um, armor and their natural swords, they would not have been able to stand up against this giant. But David is not counting on swords and the, and the tools of man. He's counting on the tools of God. The Philistine came closer and closer to David with a shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just a youth. He was healthy and handsome. He said to David, am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Then he cursed David by his gods. Come here, the Philistine called to David, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild beast. So what is Goliath doing here? I think he's trying to intimidate David. He saw that this young man is coming out with confidence, and he's going to try to put him in his place before he even gets into battle with him. So then David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of ranks of Israel, you have defied You have defied him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. Today I will strike you down, remove your head, and give your, the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And the whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will hand you over to me. I want to just stop here for just a second. I'm thinking, I'm wondering what this, uh, what Goliath is thinking at this point. I'm just wondering if he's starting to get a little bit afraid. 
because the Philistines had heard about what happened in Egypt. They heard about the devastation there, and they heard about what the God of Israel can do. And I just wonder if the if uh, Goliath was starting to think, well, maybe this isn't going to go so well. So let's go on. Um, well, the next thing I want to talk about is also that um, the third principle in phase one is faith, experiencing communion with the Holy Spirit, and this grows love for the Lord. We know through David's example he had an exceptional faith in, in the Holy Spirit, and his writings tell us that he had a great love for God, and I think that that love came from the faith that he had in God and all the times that, that God was faithful to him. So when the Philistines started forward to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and hit the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face to the ground. David defeated the Philistine with a sling and a stone. David overpowered the Philistine and killed him without having a sword. David ran stood over him. He grabbed the Philistine sword, pulled it from its sheath, and used it to kill him. Then he cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they fled. So let's talk about these principles that and how they manifest themselves in another story that I'd like to tell, and that's a, a story that's happened in our company recently. I think most of you have heard of COVID-19 by now, and uh, I'd like to tell you how our company fared through that. So it was, 20, it was 2020, and it was April, and things started falling apart in our company. The shutdowns for COVID were devastating to our business. And even though we were an essential business, we provided forms, labels, and PPE, PPE products to grocery stores, restaurants, um, hospitals, and um, all the other uh, it, oh, supermarkets. So a lot of places that were essential and they had to run and they couldn't run without our products. Um, so we were able to operate. We still dropped 55% in our revenue. We had to lay off half of our workforce the ones that were still working were overwhelmed because they had to work too many long hours and they were burned out. And we had to shut down our plant completely. From May to August, we were losing about $25,000 per month with no relief in sight. One of our sales rep who was working really hard got an opportunity and it was to sell six, to bid on $6 million worth of PPE products but there were a lot of problems with this bid. First, the customer was historically a slow pay, usually about 90 days. All the vendors were overseas and they would want to be paid up front. The margins were very low and we did not have enough cash to purchase the product and then wait to get paid from the customer. And we did not have enough credit line on our credit line to borrow enough to um, bid on these products. But we had practiced being in the Holy, being in communion with the Holy Spirit prior to this. So we prayed about it. What should we do? Should we bid on this or not bid on it? 
and we exercise what we knew about our communing with the Holy Spirit. We had a firm belief he would only give us what we could handle and take care of the rest that we couldn't handle, that we couldn't see with our human natural hearts. So we did our part and trusted God to do his part. And we believe he wanted us to move forward because we were in covenant with him and he would not let his company fail. So that's what faith experience looked like. So here's the good news and the bad news. We rewarded about two-thirds of the bids, so we got about $4 million. And th this was over about a three-month period. So we needed a lot of miracles to happen for this to work and for our company to still be in business by the end. So here's what happened. Miracle number one, and this never happened before, but our vendor was willing to accept half the money down and the rest when our customer paid. Miracle number two, we told our bank how much money we needed and when we'd be able to expect, when we'd be able to be, pay it back. And the bank has never given us a loan like this before. It was unsecured and they, for a $500 fee, they gave us all the time we needed and it was 4.5% annual interest and no collateral. I don't know if I'll ever get a loan like that again, but we got it this time. Miracle number three, our customer paid us in 10 days. This is totally unheard of from this customer. So in 90 days, we booked, manufactured, delivered, and billed almost $4 million. We were paid and put $400,000 to the bottom line after paying our, our rep the commission. It contributed to a sure loss for the year to us helping to record a $200,000 pre-tax profit when we were expecting to maybe even go out of business that year. In conclusion, an authentic disciple is seeking, renewing, practicing communion with the Holy Spirit who reveals wisdom daily, weekly, monthly, and continually. Wisdom, exercising communion with the Holy Spirit, manifests faith. Faith, experiencing communion with the Holy Spirit, grows our love for the Lord. I hope you enjoyed the stories, and may God bless you, and may God bless each and every one of your companies. Lord, we thank you for all the people that are viewing this today. Lord, if I can ask for anything from you, I would just ask that they would have a relationship that will grow and continue to be in communion with you. Help them, Lord, to see in their strength they can't do it, but in your strength they can just help them to experience some of the things that I've experienced. I thank you for blessing me the way you have and blessing your company, Eagle, the way you have. And I pray, Lord, that you bless each of these companies in the same way. In Jesus' name, amen.